Welcome back to the Anime Intellectuals podcast. This is episode 13. And today I will be going over what I, uh, the shows that I missed in 2021. And, um, and what are you going over, Mark? A few things, probably, um, I'll be talking about Hibiki Euphonium. I recently watched that and the manga Asadora. All right. Before any of that, we will go into the news. There isn't too much today, but since we actually put an episode out the next week, uh, hopefully this comes out. Um, But the first headline here is Toei NFT anime. So, Toei Animation announced on Tuesday that it will produce an anime based on the NFT art collection of nine-year-old artist Zombie Zookeeper. Toei Animation plans to unveil the project this spring. What Zombie the hell? Zookeeper. No, no, no. Keep listening, Mark. This is very intriguing and, and interesting. Zombie Zookeeper created the art collection Zombie Zoo as his research project during his summer vacation last year. With the help of his mother, artist Emmy Kusano, he started selling the pixel art as NFTs, and celebrities such as Steve Aoki bought the NFT artwork. As of January 24, Zombie Zookeeper has created 209 pixel art pieces and made them available on the NFT marketplace OpenSea. He was later selected on the 2021 Forbes Japan 100 list, and Toei Animation stated he quickly became the face of the NFT art scene in Japan. Toei Animation stated that while it has brought many kids' animations into the world through the hands of adult creators, this time the main creator of this product is the children themselves. The company added, it started this project because we wanted to support and create animations that reflect children's creativity as is. They stated this is the first project in a plan to expand its NFT initiatives that will partner with creators to develop animation franchises based off NFT artwork. Thoughts? What is this world we live in? Um... Want to know? I, I don't know, but it is a world in which Toei Animation uh, not only takes down entire YouTube channels for no reason. Apparently, now they're doing NFT things. So they said this kid was listed on the uh, the 2021 Forbes Japan 100. So does that mean he's like? insanely rich from his little drawings I don't know if so all, all fairness to the kid he he knew what was going on he scammed adults out of their money so I, I guess there's no harm there so stupid 
I doubt he'll be seeing any of the money. His parents are probably using it. True. Because his mom's an artist, so she knows she doesn't make any money. Just imagine uh, being a blue-collar worker, breaking your back every day just to earn a little change, and then, like, a kid makes a bunch of money off of digital blockchains. Yeah, it's... It's kind of painful. If I had to read this as a headline in a in a Japanese newspaper, I'd probably cry. Yeah, th- this is man. So what how how do you I don't understand. <laughs> like it, they said it's going to be made by the children. Says the main creator of the project is the kids themselves. So it's just gonna be a bunch of like pictures? Is it just gonna be like that one episode at the end of Evangelion where it's just a bunch of like drawings? (laughs) I don't know. Well, each one is you can't do anything with pictures, so maybe the pictures become characters. Maybe it's like the emoji. Oh, God. I don't even want to think. What, why did I think of that? Oh, God. <laughs> I hope they make an a NFT crossover fighting game where the, no. the monkeys with the cigarettes in their mouths can fight with the children's drawings from Japan. If I ever buy an NFT... That is the day I want you to shoot me. Actually, you know what? And and I hope nobody who makes fighting games is listening to this, but or just games in general, honestly. If they made custom skins, like in any game, it could be like a fighting game or like racing games or anything, and they made it that so that it was an NFT that nobody else could have, people would pay a lot of money for that. Maybe. Because, like, I don't know if you know much about Roblox, but they kind of have a thing like that where they're they're literally, you can gamble for items and, like, clothing and stuff, even though it's a kid's game. Or you can just download stuff for free off the internet. Yeah, well, it but it's, like, at least in a game, you wouldn't really be able to do that, I guess. In Minecraft, you can. Well, Minecraft, that's different, yeah. But, like, I'm thinking, like, uh, let's let's say, like, Nintendo's, like, we're releasing an NFT that allows you to uh, make Captain Falcon greener. Like, slightly more of a shade of green. And it's going to cost two, 200 Ethereum or whatever the, the dumbest currency thing is. I, I feel like that's going to happen. No. I don't know. <laughs> that may be an inevitability at this point. Jordan, this is the wrong timeline. <laughs> we we live in the here. wrong timeline. We need to be microwaving a phone right about now. Yeah, uh, we're, we're on the wrong world line here. Anyway, enough of enough of NFT the anime. 
that's just nuts. That's a string of words that I that you can say now, but whatever. Um, so in much less interesting news, Eden Zero Season 2 announced with a key visual. Um, Eden Zero fans were eagerly waiting. That, oh, that's what I was doing. For any official confirmation on Season 2, well, the wait is finally over. And it's confirmed that the anime series will come back with a new season. That's that's all. Wow. But I don't think anybody cares. I don't think no. even like fairy tale fans care. Like having watched neither, I could not tell you the difference between them. They all look exactly the same. Both of them. I think I've only come across a fairy tale fan once in my life. I've come across a few. It's usually women, which, you know. Yeah, exactly. Should it say was... something. But <laughs> anyway. It is always anyway. the women. But yeah, it's just generic anime, the anime. I watched so... some of Fairy Tale, and I didn't really see the appeal. It had some cool fight scenes, I'll give it that. But. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We I, could be wrong. Maybe this is like an incredible piece of art that we're just missing because it looks the exact same. But I, I highly doubt that. I just remembering not liking the female lead at all. I see. Yeah, and the female lead for Fairy Tale, if I'm remembering correctly, her character design looked exactly the same as the like the girl character from this show. And then there's there's also like a a cat. And isn't there like a cat in Fairy Tale? There is a cat. He looks like the exact same. Cat. And the main character's hairstyle looks the exact same as the as the pink haired guy, whatever. It just it's just like a copy produced out of a program. None of the characters in Fairy Tale felt compelling at all. Yeah, anyway. Next up. Oh, this one's interesting. So, Platinum End Indian Suicide. So, Platinum End uh, was that show that came out last year that was by the creators of Death Note. Or the, the Death Note manga, at least. They're like the writer of it or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard it was bad. Uh, but apparently it did well. So, it, uh, like, maybe I think it's going to be getting a second season. But, like, I don't know because I didn't watch it. But basically, um, what happens in the anime, like, at the beginning is that there's this, like, the main character is going to kill himself. So he throws himself because he's like done with life or whatever so he throws himself off an apartment building and and then this like angel comes and saves him and that's what kind of starts the whole story going I think it's into some like battle royale game thing I think is like the plot of but anyway course. yeah so um, this news comes from India.com after local newspapers in Kolkata confirmed a 12 year old boy killed themselves after watching Platinum End 
The news revealed the fan jumped off the 11th floor of an apartment building in northern Kolkata. Police are still working through an investigation, but a spokesperson did reveal the boy seems to have committed suicide in the hopes of being saved, similar to Platinum Inn's main character. So... Uh, uh, I don't. I don't know what to say about that. I have no words. Like I, uh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. What do you even say to that? I don't know. Has anything similar to this happened before? I feel like it has to. I don't know. There was some... I mean, like... Dumb stuff happens with things. It's like someone jumping in front of a truck to get isekai Yeah, like, that's probably... what. Like, I'm sure that's happened before. There's no way it hasn't. Some idiot. But this is, this is unfortunate and sad because it's a kid. Uh... So that's unfortunate, but I was never going to watch it anyway, so that's fine. But it's, it's very sad. It, it is sad. And it's probably going to make it... Well, I'm sure it's absolutely banned in India already now, but it's probably going to get banned in other places too. So Maybe. It's probably... I don't know. I was gonna say it's probably banned in China. Well, almost every since Death Note's banned in China, I would assume Platinum End is also. That only makes sense, but unfortunate. And next up, on even more tragic news, Shield Hero fans get what they want with a season two. The official website for The Rising of the Shield Hero 2, the second season of The Rising of the Shield Hero, duh, uh, began streaming a new English subtitle promotional video for the anime on Thursday. The video reveals a new cast member and previews the, the opening theme song by Mad Kid. They also revealed a new visual, which is a mountain and then the characters. There, there's not much going on. but um, I've never watched Shield Hero, so I really can't say much about it. <laughs> well... I have. I've watched the entire thing, in fact. Really? I don't know why. I was just... Like, when it was first coming out, I was watching it while it was airing. And, like, at the beginning, it was... It was, like, alright. Like, it was strange. It was strange and, like, weird enough. And sort of, like, good-bad enough for me to keep watching... And then it just, it was, it's just stupid. Like, I hate the characters in it so much. The main character is just stupid. He's just a guy who's like, nobody likes me. And then, and, and then he's like actually helping people. He's like, it's not like I'm helping you because I want to or anything. And then uh, there's like, uh, I don't want to talk about Shield Hero. But I don't really like Shield Hero. But I honestly, if this comes out, or when this comes out, because uh, I guess it's supposed to come out soon in like April. Um, so 
I might just like watch it because I've I've already watched like 24 episodes of it for whatever reason I did that for. Just so I can like berate it on the podcast. You might as well at that point. Yeah. Anyway, next up we have Demon Slayer and Haikyuu news. So apparently uh, Demon Slayer and Haikyuu will receive an announcement next week. Um, Demon Slayer is right around the corner to finish the second season. Um, the last episode, by the way, is is going to be like 45 minutes long, which is interesting. And then... Um, According to the reports, Demon Slayer is going to deliver new information in the next issue of Weekly Shonen Jump on February 20th. And so that's the same thing with Haikyuu. So not much like information about what they will be, but I'm assuming Demon Slayer, it's probably going to be either a movie or just announcing the next season. Not like they're going to stop making it. Uh, and then Haikyuu, I, I don't I don't know if Haikyuu is over or not, so I, I, maybe they're done just announcing another season. I'd assume that. I don't know. I don't really want to find out about Haikyuu. I don't know. I, I like. I thought about watching it before, but it's another one of those. Honestly, I'd probably group it in with Fairy Tale as that as the female show to watch. It's volleyball. Yeah, but like. I've doubted other things before. Like, I didn't think ping pong could be cool. But ping pong is um, is awesome, apparently. But that's well, different, because that's Misaki Yuasa, so... No, maybe I'm wrong, but... I don't know, it's... just didn't look like something I would watch. <laughs> So, this last piece of news is New Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy reveals more cast, 24 episode length, and song artists. And yes, the the full title is Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy. Those are not the genre tags that's in the name. Very cool, very edgy. So, we've gotten to the point where... We have to put genres in the titles. So next, next is going to be like Dragon Ball Shonen Fighting Action, the anime <laughs> in another world, and then it's going to be like what's it going to be? What's a what's a stereotypical anime thing? I don't know. The guy. Um. Something that takes place in high school. Yeah, it's just going to be like... Uh... <laughs> My senpai is annoying, but it actually has a soft side. Anyway, I, it looks like... They have like the character design pictures of them like in the article... They look extremely generic, but I have no idea about the show itself. I I feel like I've heard of it before, though. 
So I, I'll probably check it out when it happens, just to see. From what I saw in the trailer, it looked cool. It says the guy who directed Goblin Slayer is directing it, so. I did like Goblin, Goblin Slayer. That was good. Did you good ever stuff. see the movie? I don't think I ever saw the movie. Neither did I. I don't know why. I just, I feel no, I just don't feel compelled to go out of my way and go watch it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's fine. I never heard anybody talk about it, but like, because I, I liked Goblin Slayer enough. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, it was solid. It was, yeah, it was like dark and it was realistic. But I, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't seen that movie. You you okay? So on this on that same note of like not having seen the movie sequel, did you ever watch the uh, Bunny Girl Senpai movie? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Why? I didn't even know there was a Bunny Girl Senpai movie. You, Mark. Yes, you did. I've definitely told you. No. Or maybe I just assumed you'd watched it because you liked the show. It's really good. Huh. I just... Alright. I'll have to watch that, I guess. Basically, what, like, my... My opinion of the movie was, was that, like, the first three episodes of the anime were, like, perfect. And they were, like, the best part of the show in my opinion i think it was the first three or maybe first four but that same like direction and like feeling is the movie so it's really? yeah like it's it's that good so you you should definitely give that a watch or maybe we should give that a watch i'd be down to watch it again it's pretty All good right. yeah so, sounds good to me did you find any interesting news um, no, not really, but I did find an interesting fact. Um, fact? <laughs> yes, I, I guess you could call it more uh, a trivia than a news, but um, apparently Hina dolls have been going up in popularity ever since... Uh, my dress-up darling has been airing. That quick? Like, people are now buying Kina dolls. Interesting. More than they were before. That's what the, some Japanese Hina doll maker said. Like, his sales are going way up ever since the anime started. Well, obviously, it's because... If you get one, it's definitely all guys that are getting them. Because then they can be like, look, I have a, a weird obsession. Now tell me about your, your weird uh, visual novel obsession. Am I right? Uh, yeah. That's definitely how, how every girl gets to is like all over you. Is because you like Hina dolls. Definitely. Yeah, that's uh, your fun fact for the day. That Hina doll sales went up because of uh, my dress of darling. How wonderful. Interesting. They have like, 
like shops that have like gone down in family lines that just do that. Like that's their job. Like that's just what they do. Yeah. You gotta admire the dedication. Yeah. I don't think they all look great. Are, are Hina dolls... Does that count as like... Like the... Um, Misaki's mom or... Yeah, in another, does she make Hina dolls or, or does that not count? Is it just dolls? Uh, no, those are like life-size dolls. It's not the same. But I thought, were there ever like Hina dolls like mixed in? I don't remember. No. Oh, okay. I thought maybe there were some. There were specifically lifelike creepy dolls you would find in a horror series. I see. Hina dolls are the little traditionally dressed Japanese people you put on your shelf. I guess so. I'm about to sneeze. Okay, never mind. I'm not about to sneeze. Like, and sometimes they make little Hina doll families where the male one wears is wearing like the little Edo period hat. And the Edo period hat? What are you talking about? Like, you know, when they look like little, they're just like shoguns and they have a little hat. I'm trying to visualize this. Are you talking about the like, like the rice hat? A little, not the rice hat. Like the, the like the sensei Wu looking hat. No. What are you talking about? Are you talking about like the helmet, like the samurai no. helmet? Wait. You know how shoguns dress like the, I guess not shoguns, but like you know the Japanese nobility. They wear like the. A little black hat and the black. You know what? I'm actually stupid. Are you talking about the ones that are like see-through and they're like kind of pony? Because no. I just watched a, I just one of the anime that I went back and watched had that in it. No, that's what they put on dead people. Well, the. Well, I mean, the people were wearing it, so I don't think so. Oh, maybe that's a difference. That's because gonna say because there's a white pony hat they put on dead people. It's oh no, not, not that, bad. not that. It, it's like it was like a sort of tall, and it was and like dark. Was it a, a black cap? Kind of, yeah. I think I think okay. we are talking about the same thing. I'm gonna look up a picture and send it to you and see if it's what I'm thinking of. Like, imagine the uh, king or emperor, and he's sitting in a room, and he's got this long black kimono on, and he's got his cap, and, and then maybe, like, a, he's fanning himself with one arm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um... Maybe here. I'm about to. I'm about to send you a picture. He said he's fanning himself. What do you? What do you split? Uh, never mind. <laughs> here, I, I sent you a picture of the hat that I saw in the show that I watched. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It's a tall black see-through thing. That's what I said. I don't think it's see-through. But look, you can see his hair. 
I guess. I can clearly see his top knot, Mark. Or I guess it's like, it's like a see-through mesh around a see-through cap. I don't know what's going on. But it's something. Okay. But yeah, that's the end of the news section, unless you had anything else interesting other than your Hina doll statement. Well, I think that's all for me, that news. Alrighty. So I guess that means it's time for me to get into my anime of 2021 that I missed. I was under the impression that I didn't really miss that much, but I missed a couple very, very good anime to the point that if we were to do the anime of the year thing again right now, it would be very different. Um, mm. I, I guess not very different, but there would be some that would be up towards the top for sure. From what I saw, uh, To Your Eternity is my favorite one. Yeah, I like. I think overall, still, I would still say uh, that To Your Eternity is the best, but it might be like a tie between it and another one that I watched. But I'll, I'll get to that. It'll be my climax, I guess. But the opposite of a climax is the first thing that I'm going to talk about that I missed, apparently, which is Bell. And that's the new Mamoru Hosoda film. He did uh, Summer Wars and Wolf Wolf Children, I think, right? Both both good movies. I I've, I haven't seen any of his movies, but um, Watch Summer Wars. I, I I know that like people like his movies. I think like The Boy and the Beast is another one. Like I know about him, but I just haven't yeah. seen any of his stuff but the one thing that i have seen was some of the most generic awful 
thing I've ever seen. So, Bell. Basically, Bell follows the story of your, like, high school, like, stereotypical nerdy high school girl who's, like, an outcast and her and her mom's dead and and it's tragic. It's supposed to be tragic. And she thinks she's ugly because she has, like, freckles. It's like, come on, really? But she's, like, she has freckles, so she thinks she's, like, the ugliest person alive. It's like, mm, okay. Well, some people have a thing for that. Yeah, like, fre- freckles are, is not an ugly thing. That's just a thing. Like, and that one, the, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to it. But anyway, I'll get back to that. I'll connect that back later. Um, but basically, uh, she likes this one guy at school who is obviously, of course, her childhood friend. And when he was a, a kid, he said that he would protect her. And so then she's like obsessed with him for like the next 10 years, apparently, because that's what people do, because that's normal. Um, and but he's popular and she's not. So she so one day when he's like when he approaches her and asks her like if she's okay she's like runs away because she's like i don't want to i don't want to taint his reputation by by having people know that he hangs out with a with a freckled disgrace like me it's like shut up and then uh so at the same time She's she's just depressed and sad in her house or whatever. And her friend is like, hey, are you depressed and sad and lonely and want something to do with your worthless life? So they just came out with this thing called like VR Internet, which is basically what it is. And so you stick these Bluetooth earbuds in your ears and somehow you can like. Somehow it makes it VR, even though that makes no sense. But it like connects to your phone, so but all you have to do is stick like a Bluetooth thing in your ear. I don't know how that's supposed to work, but anyway, it connects your brain to this uh, virtual reality, which is basically just like a ginormous VR chat, I guess, where everybody has these weird avatars, but you don't get to choose your avatar. What they do is the the, the Bluetooth earbud, like scans your brain and then it puts it like it scans the your brain's potential and then your avatar represents your full brain's potential in the in the virtual reality and so what she ends up becoming is this like beautiful like like disney princess looking thing that can like sing really well so she just like when as soon as she gets there she's like oh, I can sing now and I'm not ugly but I still have freckles so I don't think people will like me and then she like sings and then obviously people are like crowding around her it's really cheesy and awful and she's like riding a whale and she's having like a concert or something I don't I don't remember when that happened uh oh, no. <laughs> Mark, it's a whale obviously cuz it's supposed to be wacky and, and creative um but anyway, she's like fucking flying around on a whale singing. And then people are like, she's incredible. And then she becomes like the face of that world. Or like one of the most popular people on it or whatever. 
And so she's like, oh my God, I have so many followers. I'm an important person now. And then she feels fulfilled, I guess, because she doesn't have to be ashamed of her freckled body. And then uh, one day when she's having, she has like a, a giant concert or something. There's this like beast that is uh that like literally looks like the beast from beauty and the beast and he and he like destroys the the coliseum and he's like running away from this police force so apparently this this gigantic global vr chat has a police force that are just these silly guys in skin tight suits and they have these giant gloves and and that, what it, what does it do? Oh, so it's like the leftist mob. It's like the what? <laughs> yeah, the, basically they're like they're basically cancel culture. So they're trying to cancel, they're trying to cancel this beast guy, right? And so they have these giant gloves, and and these gloves have a certain power because they have like a gem or something, where if you shoot somebody's avatar with it, it can reveal their true identity. So obviously you don't want to get hit by one. So he's he's running away from them and like beating them up and like ripping them to shred I mean not ripping them apart that'd be more interesting but uh he's like throwing them around even though it doesn't matter because they're like in the internet so whatever but he's like beating them up and, and running away and stuff and she's like who is that he's so interesting I want to know more about him because uh, of course I don't I don't know why and then and then she's like, I'm going to find his special place and I can change him. And then uh, they, there's this one, like one of his servants finds her. And she's like, maybe this girl can be the one that changes my master's mind and makes him not a beast anymore. And it's like, oh, I wonder where they got this plot line from. Definitely couldn't be a hint from the name of the movie. Um, and then they go to this, she goes to this like castle out in the middle of nowhere, I guess. Cause I don't know how you make something that nobody can find when it's on the internet, but apparently he managed to do that. So the beast somehow lives in this secluded castle that nobody can find on the internet in the, in his virtual world. And, and, <laughs> and she like goes there and, and she like sings him a little jingle and he's like oh my god and and what does he do after she like sings to him i think she like sings to him and then and then he's he like calms down a little and then you're like oh shoot i guess they're gonna be like buddies and then he like he has all these so when he's when he was flying around in in the like coliseum when she was doing the concert earlier or whatever it he has this like what i thought was like a cape like he has this big cape he's like a he's like a beast guy and he has this cape that's like a bunch of different colors i thought but apparently they're just bruises because they keep referring to them as like bruises but it's like very clearly like a cape that he's wearing <laughs> it's very strange but she's Ooh. like basically she's like how did you get those scars and and he's like, don't touch my scars, get out of my castle, and then he kicks her out of his castle, 
because he doesn't want her to know about his scars. And then I'm just going to spoil this entire movie because nobody needs to watch this. I don't care if you wanted to watch it anyway. You should have skipped this then. Should skip like I don't I don't want to talk about this movie for too long, so just skip just skip to where I'm not talking about it anymore. But anyway, so other stuff happens. Uh she keeps ignoring her dad like I feel really bad for the dad in this movie cuz he he's like sad over his wife dying, but he like he's not the one like staying away from his daughter it's his daughter that's like uh actually no i don't i don't want to eat what you cook tonight i'm just gonna go out with some friends and he's like oh okay i feel kind of bad for him but uh in the real world uh freckled girl uh gets like tries starting to like sing and stuff i guess in the real world and she like doesn't isn't very good at it so she's like is this all i am is just some internet entity and then i'm trying to i'm trying to remember where the jump and plot happens because it, it, the movie takes a weird turn um basically she keeps like pursuing the beast or whatever in, in the fake world and everybody's still like obsessed with her or whatever. And then she finds that no, what happens? How do they find this out? Okay, I don't remember how they find this out, but somehow or another, they find out that the the beast is actually this like his actual like the actual person who's controlling him or whatever that like his avatar is of is this kid in in a like a house somewhere in in the countryside of japan who has an abusive father and then and his like dad beats him apparently and that's why he has bruises on his avatar and so the whole gang gets together the freckled girl and the uh and the popular girl and the popular guy childhood friend and the and the nerdy, like, computer-savvy best friend that I didn't mention because she's just a stereotype as a character. And then, like, some old ladies from the singing group. It's like a classic group, that I guess. I, I don't know. But they get together, and they're going to stop this abusive uh, parent-child relationship with uh, singing. So what they do is they go into the into the fake world and the freckled girl works up the courage to to show the beast her true self. And once he realizes that she's actually just an uh, and is such an ugly, freckled, random, normal high school girl, he's like, oh, wow, maybe I should uh, do something about my abusive father. And then and then he like. Like uh, I, apparently he's live streaming his like house while he's in the virtual reality for some reason, and so, <laughs> and so like they find his like stream and they're like watching him as he as he's getting like beaten by his father, and <laughs> and they're and <laughs> and they're like oh no, <laughs> and then uh. The girl, uh, the freckled girl's like, I'm gonna put a stop to this, 
and she runs off and they're like should we really leave her to go off on her own on a train to some random house in the countryside where an abusive father is beating his son yeah that's fine and then they let her do that and then she like she like goes to their house and they come out of the house and they're and they're like hugging or, or whatever and then the dad is like like comes outside and and she's she like stands in front of them and, and he he's like about to punch her but then he like he's like uh, I guess I I guess I won't punch you and then he goes back in the house and then she's like guys I did it I I solved your father's abusive relationship with you you're welcome and then she uh goes bye guys I ho- I hope you don't I hope it doesn't happen again and then the 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 guy the the kid who's like the beast in the game or in the in the virtual reality or whatever is like yeah I'll I'll stand up to my dad like like you did next time bye and then and then like everybody goes back to their normal lives and then the popular guy childhood friend I think like confesses his love for the uh, disgustingly ugly freckled uh, high school girl and she's like what but do you do you really like me or is it like I can't even sing in the real world because my voice is weird and then and then I, I I think it just ends it's very very bad okay I just it's so strange like I don't know what the message of this film was supposed to be was it supposed to be that like if you just stand if you just like be yourself you can you can uh you can conquer your abusive father like like I don't like what are they trying to say <laughs> cuz they didn't solve anything <laughs> I have no idea. Basically what they were saying is if you're if your dad's beating you and your brother, make sure to stand there and take it. That like basically that's what they said. Cuz that, awesome. that's what she did. She was like I'm just I'm going to stand here. I'm not going to let you hurt them. And he was like, "Oh, okay." But he definitely beat them right after that when they went back in the house. So like I don't know what like <laughs> And then like I don't know what what conception Japan has of someone being ugly. I guess just having freckles means you're the ugliest human being alive and you should be outcast. But whatever. It's just it it, it doesn't like succeed in in saying anything. I it's guess just very strange. You didn't know Japanese people got freckles. Maybe they don't. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they thought she had like chicken pox and they were staying away from her because of that. You ever think of that? Or like um, leprosy? You know? Because. Leprosy. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Anyway, that's Belle. I don't have anything else to say on Belle. The worst movie, worst anime movies I've seen in a long time, maybe ever. Oh. But 
I'm I like I don't think this is representative of Mamoru Husoda's other work because I've heard like good things. Although I hear people say good things about Bell also. Like I don't know. Let me let me look up some reviews because I like people generally like this movie and I don't know why. It's be- probably because it appealed to somebody's emotions. But it, it like. It just, it's nothing. It's such a nothing of a film. I don't understand. It achieves nothing. It does nothing new. It's just confusing. This, the, the, okay, here's a review. Better than the actual Beauty and the Beast because it's about gamers. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then... <laughs> Let me find another one. The average day in the life of a Discord moderator. Beauty and the Beast meets online bullying in a hyper-modern anime riff on the classic fairy tale as Mamoru Hosoda pushes his boundless imagination to new extremes in a visually dazzling musical about how J-pop can save the world. Stupid, no. Let's see, Rotten Tomatoes says 96%. With no way. Score of 95%. What do you mean? Uh, apparently, a lot of people liked it. Look, okay. I guess if you're listening to this and you want to watch this, make your own opinion. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I know I'm not being too harsh on it. Like, I'm not even going to pretend. This is a shit movie, okay? I'm not going to lie. This is not a good movie. I refuse to be, to be brainwashed by the public into thinking that it is. This is not good. And under Campbell, no circumstances should anybody watch it, but feel free. Campbell Campbell says, though it misses a couple of notes in its final act, it's an exhilarating sensory experience with great emotional depths. It's not. And did I mention anything about the CG? I don't think I even said anything about that. It's not horrific, but it's not good either. So it's not like a beautiful film or anything. Like it's very standard and underwhelming and even in like the visual department. Most of the time. So you're saying it doesn't even look good? No, it doesn't. Like the when they go into the virtual world, which I, I guess is like most of the time the movie spins in, it's just like the most generic like CG generated like buildings and towns and stuff. It's not even visually impressive. And the music in it isn't good either. Like it's not it's just not good. Here's another one by Simram Hans. The film's message is a beautiful one to integrate our real life vulnerabilities, but the persona we project has become all the more powerful. What does that even mean? It means absolutely nothing. These are the kind of people who liked Ready Player One. Because they're like, it's right. What what if the real world was the real world or was like what we should be focusing on this whole time? It's those kind of people. Those are the only people that went to see this anyway, I guess. So that makes sense. See, something about showing your real world 
why would you want to show your real world vulnerabilities in a video game? How does that make sense? Like at the end, at the end of this film, I think like something that people reach is like, you know what? You're right. Since this random singer decided to show who they actually are outside of this anonymous internet chat, which is what the point of the internet is. I think we should all reveal who exactly who we are and, and take away all privacy, which makes no sense. I don't know. Okay, well, I think we've spent enough time on that one. Look, I'm I'm giving this movie too much credit by being angry over it for this long because it it's such a nothing movie. So anyway, it was more than enough. I ever cared to know about that movie. You're not gonna go watch it now, Mark. <laughs> oh, it's so empowering though. Anyway. Onto something that actually did have something to say. Kakaki Shoujo, or what is the English of this? I don't know if there is an English, but Kakaki Shoujo is a show that I missed from last year where um, I can't remember the name of the main character. I'm going to pull this up just so I can refresh my memory. But basically, uh, Kageki is a type of, I know, maybe is the word, maybe the word is, is review, but either way, it's a, it's an all female, um, oh, it's called Koka. So Koka is like an all female theater thing they have in Japan where, um, the plays that they play are all, um, all the roles are are filled by, by girls and they're all female actors, um, and they're usually they're all musical and stuff. So this um, Sarah Watanabe is our main character, and she wants to be. She has this shonen sort of dream, where she wants to be the uh she wants to be lady oscar in a performance of the rose of versailles so that's like her entire dream so in order to achieve that she has to get into um the coca school of musical and theatrical arts which is a the only way to get into the coca theater troupe and, and it's like really hard to get into the school and it's really like it's it's very uh, intense uh, training and everything once you're there. But anyway, she gets in, and so she's she's working on that on her dream of being uh, Lady Oscar in Rose of Versailles. Which um, this this show does not conclude uh, in this part. I sort of skipped through some of the later episodes, which I'll explain why. Uh, but there's a there's a decent cast of characters in this show. So basically, it just it follows her her journey with her classmates doing different practices and and like training to be actors for this specific type of theater. Um, and so it's interesting. The reason that I 
that I like liked this show a little bit more than I thought I would was because it does actually tackle some interesting things. So one of her, one of the main character's classmates that gets into the school is actually, who's actually like her, her dorm roommate or whatever. Um, she comes from a, an idol group and she left the idol group because though they sort of made her leave because when she was at a like idol handshaking event one time, you know what those are? Yes, I know exactly what that is. So basically like it's an event where um, fans can come up to like a table where their favorite idol member is and they can shake their hand or whatever if they like pay money. And so they, and one of them does that and, and like I guess one day she's just fed up and, and she's like shaking this guy's hand and he like does it for too long or something. She's like, you gross me out. And she didn't, she like didn't want to say it out loud, but she did apparently. And then they're like, how dare you? You, you ruined your, your innocent persona. And then they kick her out of the, of the group. Um, and so then she, her name's Ai Narata. And so she uh, goes to this all female Coca school because her uncle is like a teacher there or something so she she just wants to try it out i guess so it's interesting seeing her like work through her fear of like just people in general because she has like problems of people who who stalk her because they like idol culture in japan is very very toxic um and they will like out like if it, it's if you've seen perfect blue you know what i'm talking about but basically they'll like hunt you down if you violate the idol code of being having this persona or whatever so like she has to kind of get over that and and figure out how to deal with all that um and like be able to interact with people so that's her deal and then uh, there's this set of twins and one of them got in, actually got in before the other, but they didn't go because they wanted to wait for the other one to get in because they didn't at first. And then they have so like the one of them has jealousy towards the other because they're kind of better than them. So they have to kind of work that out. And then there's also this one girl who's there and she's not like she doesn't she she's like a really good singer is like her talent she like can sing really well um but she starts getting like worse and worse and her and it's and it's clear that she's like her health is not great and apparently it turns out what happened is that she was in like one of the dancing classes one time and the instructor told her that she was a little bit like chubby and she needed to be like eating less and so what she does is she starts like purging where she like eats will eat stuff and then she'll just like make herself throw it all up and so that's how she like is able to stay skinny or whatever or like skinny enough for the theater form and so eventually like it just kills her like ability to sing and she can't do it anymore so it like 
it's it got it had a little bit more depth than I expected with like the characters and and what they tackle in it. Um, so there's because there's some pretty dark like subject matter in this I didn't expect from like a sh a shoujo anime, but like in the beginning, like in the first half of the show, it has kind of that stuff. But towards the later half, it wasn't really. Like I didn't hate it, but it just wasn't interesting me as enough, like as as much, and I just kind of skipped through it a little. But I think if you want to, uh, if you want a show about an all girls theater, if you wanted, or if you want to just watch a good shojo show from last year, then this is probably the one. If you need that shojo fix, but it's it is pretty good. All right, then. And next up, uh, we have Shadow's House. So, Shadow's House was a show from last year, and in this one, the plot was that, like, there's this royal family, and they have... Uh, they're, they're made out of, like, soot. Or, some like, somehow. They're, like, this black entity that just looks like a shadow but it like leaves soot everywhere and so they have to have these dolls that they make look like them and they like make them come to life and then they train them these like weird shadow things train them to be exactly like them so that they can go out in public for them because they could like can't go in the sun or something and then that's like the basic premise so it follows this one doll that's like really clumsy and not good at copying her her shadow like master of the family or whatever. Um, I thought it was an interesting concept, but at this point I was kind of just skipping through it because I was like, eh. Like I, I kind of knew what it was. And I was like, eh, don't really care for it, but. It is an interesting, it has like a, a sort of mystery aspect to it. It just wasn't intriguing enough for me to, to watch it all. But if you want a, a, a decent sort of horror slash mystery from last year, that's a good one. And next up, I'll try and be brief with this one, even though this is a long one. Mushoku Tensei. Um... It feels like I've talked about this on this show, but I, I just—I guess I just haven't. Um, Mushoku Tensei was the probably the most popular show from last year that I did not watch. Um, a lot of people were very upset that it wasn't like included in the in the Crunchyroll Anime of the Year awards or whatever, because people really like it. Um, basically, Mushoku Tensei is like. Um, what kind of started the a lot of the like isekai tropes that you see today and like kind of the groundwork for most isekai that are made today um and based off of that i wouldn't think it would be that great but overall mushoku tensei is very solid um i think where mushoku tensei shines is definitely in the world building of it like the world of Mushoku Tensei is very it has a lot of depth to it and it has a lot of like working 
and moving pieces that like all work together and it's not just a generic world with where nothing in it like matters it's very thought out um and it's very nice to look at also um but something i'm sure you've already heard about the show which was what like the first thing i heard was that it's a, a show for pedophiles and you're not wrong uh i i like i don't i wouldn't defend that because there are some things in this show where it's like really like basically the the main character uh was like a a 30 or 40 year old um like shut in whose parents die or yeah yeah like his like his parents died and it was really sad or whatever but he's just a he was just a shut in and then he he got hit by a truck obviously and then he he dies he dies <clears throat> but then he wakes up in the body of a of a like he's he's born he's getting born so he wakes but he still has his like the same mind and everything so mentally he's technically in his like 30s but he goes around all these like like when he's a kid he's walking around and he's like stealing these girls underwear and he's like looking at them in weird ways and it's like mm, eh, I don't know I don't know about that one chief but like it gets better over the course of the show like it, it's it's only in those first few episodes where it's like really obnoxious and, and like awful but I guess he kind of grows as a character as it goes along. He does; He's not perfect. And I guess that's kind of what he was trying to get at, but I don't think it was all necessary. But he does grow a little over the course of the show, and he doesn't, like, do weird, dumb, pervy stuff anymore. But um, that was that's the only part of the show where I'm like, I don't know if I could, like, recommend this to anybody because I, I don't want them to, like, look think of me as weird but i think it's definitely worth it to get past all that and because there's definitely a good story um there especially mm. with uh the side characters in particular i can definitely get past all that yeah like for you or me who've been like watching anime for a while we know these like dumb tropes but to like somebody who hasn't who's like sort of new or hasn't really watched that much and like wants to get into an isekai like i don't know if i'd be able to say like yeah yeah watch this one it's really good and then they like watch the first episode and they're like um i don't want to talk to you ever again so like it's that kind of stuff you just kind of have to understand like what what the author is actually trying to do with the character and and like eh, it's it's weird it's a it's a weird gray area that i it's i don't know but um other than that like the the world itself is not very kind and the the main character he doesn't get like immediately overpowered which is nice like the only thing that sets him apart from other people is that he could like since he still had the brain of an adult when he was a kid he could 
he was like, oh, I guess I should start learning magic. And so he starts learning how to read and stuff earlier. But it doesn't make him like any like way more powerful than anybody else like it would in, in another isekai. Uh, he just is able to like do a couple of special things with magic where he's like a little bit better than than usually people his age are. But other than that, he he's not like extremely overpowered or anything. And he gets the shit beat out of him a lot. But um, yeah, like the, I don't want to go on too long about this because I still have a couple more shows. But basically, it's just a solid isekai. It's probably one of the best isekai, just salt, just like straight up isekai that I've seen. Um, just because of the world and how like real it is and how dark it gets at points. Um, the only thing that's holding it back is just the weird pervy stuff that happens for no reason. Um, and honestly, like, I don't think people would focus on it as much if it wasn't in, like, such a solid show. Because everything around it is so good that when it happens, it's like, come on, you're better than this. Like, why? What? Why? But it's not, like breaking like it doesn't it doesn't make the show awful i think it's very good and i think anybody who either likes isekai or wants to maybe get into some more isekai should watch it because it's it's pretty solid and Ooh. next up i've got two more here the first of the two is Odd Taxi. So this one, I expected this one to be like the one that I would change my mind the most on or like that, that I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, this is this would definitely have been our anime of the year if I had watched it because people were hyping this show up a lot. Um, basically, Odd Taxi is about this walrus named Otakawa and he's a taxi driver and it basically follows the lives of a bunch of different characters like there's like there's like 15 sort of 15ish main characters that it follows and each of their like stories uh each of their like storylines and interactions kind of overlap and form one cohesive like mystery so basically odd taxi is a solid um like murder mystery it's a good 13 episode solid murder mystery um the best thing about this show by far the thing that like carries it is the writing because the writing is perfect like it's incredible the dialogue is is like nice and snappy and and um it makes sense and it's interesting like this show is mostly people talking and it manages to stay entertaining despite that which is just a testament to the dialogue writing and just the writing in general um and it also like near the end of the show you see all these threads start to connect together and you're like oh okay I see. I see what you did there. I remember that thing. Um, so it's really good about like having one cohesive thing and not and everything having a purpose. Um, so it's one of those shows where 
if you wanted, you could go back and watch it again and notice things that you didn't notice before and be like, oh, it's that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, this was, Odd Taxi was very good. It's a it's a very solid mystery. However, I don't think that um, it would be as popular as it like kind of became if it wasn't for that writing that I mentioned. Because um, the writing is just stellar like it's it's incredible um but everything else is kind of standard and and it's just kind of a standard murder mystery it, it has sort of a, a a twist to it that i that i won't get into if anybody wants to watch it without spoilers but um other than that it's pretty standard but it is it is pretty good and then finally we have the heike story so I am very, very disappointed in myself because I somehow missed this show um, even though it was done by Science Saru, which is the studio that um, does a lot of Masaki Yuasa project. Actually, no, I think he's like the head of the studio right now. But yeah, like that's Science Saru does all that stuff. And somehow I missed it. I don't know why. I remember seeing the poster for it and it was like it just looked like a it would be a traditional like storytelling of a of a Japanese like tale which I I just wasn't in the mood for I guess um and I guess I guess it technically is the story of a of a Japanese tale which is like the the uh, the Genji clan tale or whatever it's called but it's very it's very, Genji? very well done. Huh? The the tale of Genji? I think so. But it's it's kind of from a different angle, I think, because it's about the Heike who are against the Genji. So I'm assuming the tale of Genji kind of follows the Genji and not the Heike. Yeah. Yeah, but but this one follows um the Heike and the Heike are a clan who basically serves to protect the emperor. Like they're they're his like bodyguards or whatever, kind of. Like that's kind of their family lineage. And they like fought in the war very valiantly and they have a good like reputation. Um and they're and they're feared. And basically this show follows the downfall of that clan and the the tragic things that happen to them along the way and it does this in a very interesting way through um the protagonist i guess of the of the show which is who who we see the like the events happen from um and it's this uh girl named biwa whose father is actually killed by the heike um but then uh, one of the Heike uh, commanders actually takes her in and like they like apologizes and everything. They're like like because he's he's actually a, a good guy and you find out that um, this entire Heike like family is has a lot of good people in it. It's just that the the guy at the the some of the people at the top who are pulling the strings like are not the greatest of people. But anyway, she starts living with this family. 
Um, and the thing about her is that she has one blue eye and one um, brown eye. And her when she covers her brown eye and is only looking out of her blue eye, um, she can see into the future. And so she like she doesn't do it very often because whenever she does, she just sees the people around her dying in horrific ways. So like it'll it'll show somebody like she'll be talking to her her like the sister in the family who's about to get married off to like a nobility or something and she sees her like drowning with her newborn baby in the future and she's like really sad so she doesn't want to look at it and then uh, with her other eye she can see not really the past but like spirits so she can see like the spirits of dead people and like they can talk to her sort of so that plays a role um but basically it just follows her watching like and experiencing the downfall of this clan um so it's a lot of like characters from different clans and there's like tension and trying to resolve different conflicts and and there's a domino effect from one stupid thing somebody did resulting in like a, a huge conflict and people dying and then that makes things worse and um and the the heike clan trying to stay uh feared and and keep their reputation and everything while everything's happening but uh i don't really want to spoil it but um the score for it is is amazing the music is great the animation is beautiful and very fluid. It's very sad. And in my opinion, this this ties with To Your Eternity as the, the best anime of last year, probably, for me. I'll have to give that one a watch. Yeah, def definitely, for sure. Um, like, I, there, I can't really, like, say enough about it. Till I give it proper credit, but just take my word. It's it's very very good. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's solid. But that's that's all I have. I am I am running out of breath, so it it is time for you to to do your thing, Mark. Do my thing. Indeed. All right, I'll do my thing. Whatever. I'll get some sweet tea real quick. All right. <clears throat> you can go ahead and get started. Okay. Well, today I will be talking about uh, sound euphonium, or in Japanese, it's hibike euphonium.
It's a Kyoto animation. I forget what year it came out, but it was a while ago. Um, this is, it's a high school anime about um, the concert band. Now, if you don't know what concert band is, it's not a marching band. It's what you see like behind an orchestra or something. But anyways, um, uh, Kumiko is the first year in this high school. And she, of course, she joins concert band and, well, basically uh, their advisor, Tom Sensei, comes up to them on the first day and he's like, so guys, you want to play for, for fun, for funsies or realsies, pretty much. Basically said you want to go for national competitions or just play whatever you want. And by unanimous vote, everyone decides to go for the national competition. And that's pretty much the overarching plot of the entire anime is they're trying to uh, go for that national competition. But of course, um, with going for the competition, um, things get uh, dicey, shall we say. Um, they have, of course, since it's a competition, they can't take everyone with them to the competition which is the source of the drama because um, yeah they have auditions and some people get selected and some don't so a big question that comes up is um, uh, well let me just say on one side um, some of the students or at least how they've been doing it, is the seniors um, go to the competition and the junior freshman students uh, don't. Or however the numbers work out, they can only have a certain amount of players. So... so it's basically uh, like, like sports. Yeah, it's like sports. However, uh, Taki-sensei, the new club advisor, holds auditions so that only the best students will be going to the competition. And obviously, um, not all the more senior students are going to be the best ones. And so I forget her name, but one of them did not. And of course, people got up. Yeah, this whole big conflict goes over that. But Kumiko, main protagonist, um, comes in to befriend this other girl in the club named Reina, who's super competitive and just like, yeah, only the best people should play and there's no way around it. And yeah, so Kumiko is one of those characters who's not really sure what side she stands on. 
she doesn't make up her mind for most of the show, but she ends up coming to Raina's side on all of Raina's opinions, which I didn't quite, didn't quite agree with. But anyway, she was like, yeah, only the best people should play. And so there's a conflict between them and then this other girl who wants her senpai to play because it's her last year. And because, you know, if she screws up and doesn't get to play in the competition, that's it. She's done. So you have the sentimental side that says people who only have one year left should go to the competition. And then those who, uh, yeah, are the best to play. So it, it does pose an interesting question there. Um, it does, it does get you to think about that because on the one hand, having the best players go to the competition is fair, but you also feel bad for the seniors who don't get to go. And that's, you know, so it does make for a realistic, um, realistic problems there's a very large cast in this anime so it's kind of difficult to keep up with all the characters that's kind of a problem there's this other um character who um yeah who seems annoying and just all facetious that's the word but you end up liking her later because it really ex expand upon her stories backstories there's lots of backstories um but yeah very well developed characters the animation in Hibiki Euphonium is beautiful good animation of course they have to animate every little thing extremely well I'm not complaining about because it looks great. Uh, the sound great, the music was great. They definitely had a professional concert band play. Uh, my main complaint about Hibiki Phonium though is that um, without the whole drama aspect, there's not really any other conflict to keep the show going basically so yeah if you just took away the drama it wouldn't be very interesting but i don't know so did they not really get into the music part of it like the technical aspects yeah they really didn't get into that it was oh, mostly uh, you see them play, but for the most part, they would say, oh, I need to be practicing, like, all the time. And, you know, yeah. Hmm. It's like, practice, practice, practice. We have to go to nationals no matter what. Which, you know. At least in my opinion, seems kind of convoluted because 
you would think like, going to a club like a music club would be for fun. But oh no, <laughs> not Mark. Not in, like, in Japan. Nothing is for fun. You have to be dedicated, and you have to have a purpose for your club. I guess that's what they want you to do. I guess, but like. They it's get, the same with sports. Right. At some point, you have to draw the line, though. Like, if you're so competitive that everyone is just depressed or angry, like, is it worth it? Well, I mean, sometimes that makes a good story. It does make a good story. Because, like, have you ever seen Whiplash? Uh, no. That one's really good. It's about a, it's a movie about a drummer. Who's like, he's trying to be the very best jazz drummer so he can get on this, uh, this team and go to like this competition and whatever. But he like gets so into it that like he's practicing drums like all day long and his, and his hands are just bleeding and his, his drums just have like blood all over them. And he, it's like, it's a very good movie. But yeah, like people can get very, very into their thing. So like people who play a certain sport will get very into it and people it's the same mm. thing with people who do music so i'm sure the people who are in yeah. like band or like have been in that have like done competitions competitions and stuff before can relate to the show i guess oh, yeah, i'm sure i mean i haven't been in band but um i saw in some various comment sections that um, they could definitely relate to the stuff that happened. And then there is a character in Bikifunium who decides that she hates the competitions and that decides to quit. And then there's another one who hates it because of some issue it caused with her friend. And so those are all very good character arcs it goes into yeah that sounds like they could do some interesting things with that so but yeah. yeah but as it's kind of like me and baseball though I if because I went into baseball thinking you know we're out there to just go have fun and play some ball it was not like I forgot that. that you did baseball for a bit. I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I kept doing it, but, like, I wasn't, I, like, I guess I was trying to get better at it, like, but I knew, but I wasn't, I knew that I wasn't going to be, like, one of the best players in varsity or anything like that. I just yeah. wanted to at least get to the, like, my goal was just to get to the point where I, like, maybe battled, batted in a, in a game every now and then as like a as like the last person in the lineup at like if we were beating them really bad like different people have different like outlooks on on like sports so like baseball wasn't really my thing so i didn't really put i didn't really have a huge passion for being the best at baseball because i just i just didn't have that talent um i just did that one for fun but for me like i guess swimming was like the the thing 
that I could most relate to, like doing doing the competition and then and the really hard practice and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess cross country kind of counts for us because we both did that. See, but you know, cross country is different because everyone gets to participate. Yeah, we didn't really have to, we didn't have to qualify. Yeah, un unless it's like one of those specific competitions where you can only have five runners or something. Yeah, everyone gets to participate. But the the, the ticket for that was that nobody wanted to to be in the cross country club at, at our school so it was just it was us and like a couple other people so yeah, it didn't matter so, so everyone went to the competition by default because everyone yeah. was except for like like two people or something yeah but you know they were probably happy to get out of that one yeah um But yeah, I like at least how I experienced it is that if you're competitive, so competitive that people just don't get to play, that it's not worth it. I mean, it's kind of why I stuck to individual sports. I I know track's a team sport, but I considered it individual. That, nah, track's an individual sport. Yeah, and then fencing, because, you know, there's no such thing as, well, there is such thing as team fencing, but hardly ever. It's an individual battle. Yeah, and, like, I guess technically swimming is a team sport and technically cross-country cross is a team sport, but not really, because you're still just aiming for your best, like, time or your, your best performance. So, like, as long as everybody else still keeps up their best, then that's all you really have to do. But in yeah. stuff like basketball and baseball, which I've also played, is you you also have to cooperate and know how to communicate with the other people on your team. So it doesn't just work if you're, even if you're all, like, really, really good at it and you have a lot of talent, you have to be able to, like, do stuff together. And I'm sure, like... um music and like band is a lot more like that because you have to be in perfect sync and like if somebody messes up you have to know exactly what to do so i'm, I'm sure it's more like that than anything yeah. else i don't know if you noticed but the in the sports like basketball baseball and football the coaches basically treat the team like their army kind of, and they strategically, it's very utilitarian, you know? I guess I see what you're saying, yeah, where they have, they, I mean, yeah. I like I it. If, well, you don't have any, as a player, you don't have any control about what the coach decides. No. I'd say there's some benefits to that and there's some some like not great things that come from that but yeah that's the, that's what I mainly didn't like though uh, you just don't like people telling you what to do <laughs> okay yeah maybe that's true <laughs> but 
Japanese. I, I think that's that's the problem here. You know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I just don't like being told what to do. <laughs> Anyways, Hibiki <sighs> uh, Euphonium. It was pretty good. I would give it 8 out of 10, at least. <gasps> oh no, we've broken our code. You rated well, an anime, Mark. Oh god. Oh, were we not supposed to do that? I don't know. I just kind of. I don't know. I thought that maybe I didn't even ever say that, but I just thought we had like an unspoken rule that we didn't give a number rating to things. Huh. Oh. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you want to. You can. I just. I was just gonna like, kind of stick to just rec recommending things. All right. It, it doesn't matter, but. Set a precedent or anything. What he really meant was it's a three out of ten, or an eight. Out of, I don't know. You decide. It's, you, it's, maybe it's we'll never know. Yeah, but would you? Who would you recommend it to? Uh, people, people who relate to harsh competition. Yes, and or anyone who's played in a band or an orchestra. Some, or just enjoys drama from time to time and so did you ever watch liz and the bluebird i did this? not watch liz and the bluebird because okay. it was unnecessary i would recommend watching it because i thought it was pretty good i didn't think it was like life-changing or, or like amazing or anything but it was it was solid it's very Maybe. nice to look at because kyoto animation see as far as music anime go, if I were to compare it to anything, um, uh, it's different from, say, Your Lie in April, because Your Lie in April focused on like, the music itself and like the, the soul of the music. You know what I'm talking about? See, that's interesting because. I still haven't actually seen Your Lion April. I've just heard about it. You haven't watched Your Lion no, April? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. Because I, I, why? What reason do I have to watch it? I'll, I like I've heard it. I've heard what happens. I know what happens, and I and I know that it's about music. So I'm just like, eh. I I, I just don't care. Huh. Well, it was. So, okay, we can go off on a tangent, I guess. Um, Your Line April is about our, um, there's a protagonist dude who's in high school. We're talking about Your Line April now? Why? It's, I, like, I, like I know that. what it's, I sort of know what it's about, I think. It was, I thought that one was actually better. Oh, you liked it better than he became? I actually. actually I actually liked that one better than South Korea. Interesting. For, for certain reasons. But, um, yeah. So, sound, sound Euphonium didn't really go much into the music itself. I mean, it had a little bit here and there, but it was mostly focusing on the characters aspects and their yeah anyways 
it was good. So basically, okay. what you're trying to say, it's like K-On, except if they actually were trying at the music. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the bottom line, baby. It's like K-On if they practiced. There you go. That, that that's it. But yeah, I, I would definitely recommend watching Liz and the Bluebird. All right. Well, Both for, for you, that. Mark, and for people who finish the show. Yeah. So, it was, it, was, it was solid. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. It was, than, like, decently long, though. Wasn't it, like, 24 episodes in total? Yeah, it was 26, 27. That's a good length. So, like, yeah. it, it intrigued you. It kept you interested for that long, at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I have my own personal preferences, but objectively, it was objectively a very good end. So, did it like actually end? Yeah. Oh, okay. But it had an ending, and the ending was actually done well too. Everybody dies. It turns out that their music teacher is actually a serial killer and he murders them all with a flute. Anyways. um, As the main character is is clawing her way out to escape, uh, her leg gets broken, but she's, she's leaning over the side of the window in the music room, screaming for help, and then she... She kind of like blows in the in the in the tuba a little, which is like her instrument, and the last dying notes are, are what people remember her for, and then yeah, they make I that have... into like a, a song, and it's like really sad. Yeah, no. And people I, really I, connect I to don't it. Don't think that's how it ends. Although some people do say that it's a Yuri because of Kumiko and Reina, and how they're just a little too close for comfort. But I can wait. What are what do their characters look like? Um, is one of them like the the shy one with the black hair? Uh, yes. But oh, I, I think that's what I think that's what Liz and the Bluebird is about. Is them because okay, it's definitely well, a Yuri. But like, it wasn't a Yuri because Raina had a thing for the teacher. Oh, huh. Yeah, I don't know if it was about them because I don't really remember names, but Liz and the Bluebird is kind of like that. It's kind yeah, of about them like graduating and stuff. Uh, girl with black hair, that's a lot of characters. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. It was like a the shy like girl with, with long black hair that didn't really talk very much and then the a girl with brown hair. I don't really remember that much. Anyways, that's all I have to say on Hubikathonium. If that sounds interesting to you, give it a watch. And moving on to my next thing I was going to talk about. And that is Asadora. It is a... Uh, currently, what's airing? Um, it's an ongoing manga by Naoki Urasawa. Of course, he's, you know what he's famous for, 21st century boys, monster, all that good stuff. Never heard of him. 
anyways, Naoki Urasawa. Um, so, Asadora is about, um, uh, it's about this girl in a typhoon, and not just any typhoon, it is the Isawan typhoon, which is uh, 1959, it's like the deadliest typhoon on record. So like, it's a thing that actually happened? Yeah, it's like, it's a real typhoon and uh, had massive casualties and left homes underwater. So yeah, that's where this story takes place. And right before the typhoon, you have this girl, Asa, and she's running through town trying to get a doctor because her mom's pregnant. And she ends up getting, uh, finding this guy who's stealing stuff and calls out thief. And then he kidnaps her and they end up and ties her to this pole and some kind of barn or something. And he ends up being like this former World War II pilot. Anyways, uh, they end up uh, uh, anyways, yeah, the reason he's he's desperate, we'll just say that, because he can't find work. But anyways, they end up teaming up and after they like hide in this container, then the typhoon strikes and all this devastation, they decide to team up to um, give aid to the people who got hit by the typhoon and help Asa find her family again because the whole coastal town is underwater. So the, the next logical thing to do is they go and they steal an airplane from some guy and they get somebody to make rice balls and then they airdrop rice balls from an airplane. Interesting. It is interesting. And so during that, uh, where Asa's house was, there's a gigantic footprint, like a gigantic dinosaur kaiju thing. What? Yeah, they're like, what is that? And so, yeah, there's maybe a kaiju. It's a mystery. And so, yeah. Um, so they uh, land on the street, lady makes rice balls, they drop rice balls with balloons, and then what happens is they get back, and the guy they stole the plane from, uh, yeah, he's all upset about it, obviously, but they find drugs in the plane and realize that he's been using... Um, the plane to smuggle drugs. No. Yeah. They're going to have to get Giorno on that. Oh, yeah. And so the the old guy, Kasuga, is like, hey, um, do you want that plane? And she's like, yeah. And so um, they basically end up blackmailing him into signing 
a release form that said Asa would own the plane. But he gets arrested anyways. So now Asa owns the plane and she, it's, by the way, it's a J3 Cub, Piper J3 Cub, if you didn't know that's a nice plane. I see. Um, anyways. So yeah, she gets the plane, she gets her pilot's license, and there's like a time skip. And then uh, Asa and Kasuga get approached by the government um, to track down the mysterious monster that has appeared in photos and that made the giant footprint. And the reason for that is that the SDF cannot... Can, the SDF cannot act unless Japan is actually attacked. But they don't want that because the Olympics are going on. And the Olympics are like Japan's time to show the world that they've improved since the war and all that good stuff. So they stick rockets on Asa's plane and tell her uh, whenever the kaiju appears to go defend the Olympics. So that's that's the premise of this story. That is not yeah. where I thought it was going. Yep, you have a girl on the plane and mysterious kaiju, former World War II pilot, government agents. Lots of stuff going on here. And I have to say, yeah, it's very, very intriguing story. I really enjoyed the first four volumes of this manga. And I'm interested to see where Naoki Urasawa takes it because it is, appears to be a fantastic start to a fantastic series. The art, of course, is really great. It's all in classic Naoki Urasawa style. He does a very good job of capturing the 1950s. All the aesthetics, very well done. Yeah, it's just, it's a fun read. And Naoki Urasawa has a way of creating characters that are just likable. I don't know if you've read anything of his, but... Yeah, I've read a little bit of Billy Bat. That's a weird one. Anyways. Um, apparently, um, they got him in an interview. And he said that um, he wanted the main character to be a hero that would give the readers hope. And so that's the kind of character he created Asa to be. And yeah, he does a good job. You know, this kind of stuff just restores your faith in humanity every now. That's the kind of feeling you get from reading this manga. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Obviously, I'm a little biased because it has airplanes in it. And that gets me excited. It does yeah. sound very nice. Um, as far as manga that are ongoing, um, uh, this 
is gotta be the one I'm most excited most excited to see where it goes. As well as uh, Made in Abyss. Like it's right up there for me. Let's see. Yeah, it's I mean, it's only four volumes out right now and it's already got a bunch of awards. If, if that says anything, so cool. But yeah, great manga so far. I mean, I'll definitely be getting volume five when it comes out this April, I believe. I think that's when it comes out. So, uh. yep. Uh. And then, you know, as far as manga goes, I recently uh, read Jojo's Bizarre Adventure of the Phantom Blood, which I assume needs little introduction. But yeah, that, was, that one's also a great read. I know a lot of people say that the, the Phantom Blood's hard to get through, like to get to the good stuff, but I think the Phantom Blood is good. Yeah, I think it's solid. Oh. Yeah. I mean for for what it was, yeah, it was your classic good guy versus bad guy. But... It's a good introduction to the story. Yeah. And you have to understand that the the first part of JoJo's was made a long, long time ago. Like at the yeah. start of Shonen Jump. So Yeah, it, and just for what it is, it's, a, it's an incredible prologue story for the rest of JoJo. Yeah. Like leading up to part two, part three, which are my favorite parts. Man, it's, it's good stuff. And what I really appreciate um, when they did the translations, they did not translate the Muda. So in English, it actually reads Muda, Muda, Muda. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, I've been getting or attempting to get through the Goodnight Poon Poon manga, and it just it just keeps getting rougher and rougher as I as I go along. I have to take more more pauses and longer pauses when stuff happens. Yeah. I've but, only read the first volume of it so far, but I could kind of see what direction it was going. Yeah, I'm ha- halfway through the third one right now. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very good though. Yeah, definitely want to catch up on reading that. But yeah, um, yeah. As far as manga goes, Asador definitely something to pick up, or just something to read. If you're looking for a new manga to read or you want some some manga to follow, yeah. And that's all I have. That's all you got on Asadora? That's all I got on Asadora. Well, I think that's all for our review section. Um, but we do have some emails that I've I've been letting just kind of simmer here. Manga! Uh, 
because uh, we, we haven't looked at him in a while. Just three. Um, I guess, like, I guess from now on, I don't think I'll mention the names of people who send the emails just as like a privacy thing because I, I don't I don't think people do that in other in other podcasts but yeah. I'll, just, I'll just uh I'll just read the emails themselves so this one is um about weapons in anime so basically what they're at what they ask is what is your favorite anime weapon huh does a giant robot count as a weapon? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't think about that. But yeah, for sure. My The like, first thing that came to mind for me was the Dominator from Psycho Pass. Yeah, that one is cool. And mm. Berser- or, or Guts Sword. Also, oh, yeah, also the, the Dragon, Dragon Slayer. Slayer. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite. Zoro's swords are awesome. Uh, Guts uh, hand cannon—that's another cool one. Yeah. Uh, trying to think, because a lot of weapons are some form of katana. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, of course. But... Oh, oh what about um, Bleach had a lot of cool weapons. Um, uh, what was the one? Um, you know the red-haired guy from Bleach? Uh, Rinji? Rinji, yeah. His sword was pretty neat. It's, it's just like a... Difference. Like a fish bone that like stretches yeah. out. <laughs> I always thought the the Bankai Bankai ones, whenever they did that, was cool. Obviously, the Bankai. the graviton beam emitter is is a top weapon. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's. As far as anime, there's just the bling movie, but yeah, the Graviton being better. Uh, I guess technically stands are weapons. Stands are pretty cool. Not really, though, because stands are like manifestations of their spirit or something. Yeah. Or their soul. Not really a weapon. But like, if you use your stand to f- flick a rock at something, it's a it's a weapon. I, yeah, I guess that's true. It's just, it's just weaponizing your soul. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most creative ways you can do stuff. I mean, really, you can do just about anything as far as different kinds of stands go and yes we had a we had a weather stand and an anti-gravity stand like yeah. just in, there's some crazy ones in stone ocean oh yeah also uh saber's sword excalibur is awesome 
there's a lot of fate weapons that are really cool like the um lancers his lance and the like the like scythes that the rider uses stuff like that's really cool um i had one other one i was thinking oh bondrude's like sparagmo stuff is cool just the purple lasers yeah it's been a while since i've watched naruto but i always always um yeah i liked the all the ninja weapons i always thought those were cool like the kunai mm. ninja stars all the traditional stuff yeah all the traditional stuff and yeah you you would know that because i had bought some of that stuff and there's visible marks on the trees now. <laughs> Those were the days. Throwing into stars and stuff. And then, second email here. Um, favorite side, favorite, what is your favorite anime sidekick or pet? can also be manga um interesting sidekick or pet any of the like jojo side characters if they count as sidekicks they're always like really iggy. good the dog. Like, like iggy yeah i guess i guess iggy does count yeah iggy's good i like the cat from blue exorcist Kuro. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that one. He's cool. Yeah, Iggy. Iggy for the win. I'm trying to think of other ones. Oh, what That's... about uh, Chocho from One Piece? I guess, I guess it doesn't count. Who? <laughs> Never mind. Who? The, the are you talking dog. about the, the dog from the first like part? Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember his name. With like the the old guy that like feeds him and stuff. Yeah, that doesn't count. I just thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if Chopper counts as a pet, he's cool. The reindeer guy. Um. But he's, he's not really a pet. He's just emergency food, apparently. Um, yeah. But then... I, I had one, and I, and I forgot it. Hmm. What's this? I'm trying to... There's definitely got to be more than, than like that. I just can't think. I'm drawing a blank. Sidekick. As far as sidekicks go, I can think of a lot of those. Pets is more narrower.
Yeah, that's about all I can think of right now. Um, and then this last one says, do you guys ever or will ever go to anime conventions? Also, do either of you enjoy Vocaloids? Uh, so for the first one, I, we we have not been to an anime convention. At least uh, I haven't. Have you ever been to one? Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, we, we thought about going. We were about to go to one, but it, it was at a bad time. So we could not attend, unfortunately. I have been to a video game convention one time. Oh, really? How was that? That was interesting because along with all the shops, they had a bunch of arcade machines in the back. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, I want to go to a convention, but with the way everything's been and like schedules and school and stuff, it's hard. Because there's you can find a lot of cool stuff at conventions that I see people with. Yeah. But, so I would like to go to one at some point. But it's just a matter of finding the time. Uh, and then the second one is uh, Vocaloids. Do you do you know anything about Vocaloids, Mark? Before I get into my Vocaloid thing. I mean, I listen to my fair share of Hatsune Miku. If that counts. Do you? Do you? What, what do you mean? You like listen? <laughs> you like listen to her songs? Every now and then. Like, like what? Like how? On YouTube. On YouTube? You just go to like a Hatsune Miku playlist? <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. Because it's like, I never really got into Vocaloid that much, like, until recently because it was really confusing to me. Because it's just a software that you can use to, that anybody can use to make it. So I didn't, like, I thought that Hatsune Miku was just like an artist and then like, and like, they they that she would have albums and stuff but they don't they don't really do that so you have to look at like different producers who use the like program and so recently i got the uh there's like a hatsune miku rhythm game for the for mobile devices called colorful stage and so i've, I've been playing that sometimes and then I was like, yeah, this music is actually pretty good. And so I've like made a playlist of, of Hatsune Miku and Vocaloid music. I think my favorite single song is probably uh, Roland Girl. Uh, I, like, I like that one. Uh, let's see, I liked uh, Zenbon Zakura. That was a good one. Um, that one sounds familiar. There's there's a, there's a few good ones, but there's some that I like can't pronounce, but I've only heard them because <laughs> like I can't read Japanese, so I don't know what it says. Yeah, but I do I do kind of understand why people are so obsessed with it now a little bit more. I think they're cool. Yeah, I mean it sounds cool. The guy so... one that they have sounds stupid though. Oh. Yeah, at least at least like one of them. He just he just sounds really weird. I think his name's like Kaito or something. He just sounds very strange. But yeah, vocaloids are cool. And that is all from our emails. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. Unless you had anything witty or interesting to add. 
Um, no, I think I think that's all I got. Well, so, go go and follow us on Instagram at the Anime Intellectuals to get all the the latest updates. And uh, also, if you want to send us emails that we can respond to, like those. Send them to theanimeintellectuals at gmail.com. Or that that's the right address, right? Yes, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, that's that's the right address. Go ahead and do that. You can send us questions or suggestions. I haven't we haven't really gotten any suggestions yet, just questions. But yeah, you can you can also send us suggestions of things to review and we might consider them. That that would be interesting. It would. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's it for this episode. It is 2 a.m. It is 2 a.m. So, uh, and, and I have class at uh, 9. Oh, that's fun. So, I think that, I think that's all for me. All right, then. Good goodbye. Until next uh-huh. time. <laughs>